Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This is episode number 1070 with Emily Morris. Pleasure is your birthright, mm. and we all deserve to have pleasure. And we, we, we prioritize so many other things, work, family, home, and usually we put ourselves last. I believe that when we heal ourselves sexually, we will heal so many other parts of our life. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Journalist Franklin P. Jones said, love doesn't make the world go around. Love is what makes the ride worthwhile. And therapist Esther Perel said, love is a verb, not a permanent statement of enthusiasm. My guest today is Emily Morse, who is a doctor of human sexuality, host of the longest running sexual wellness podcast, Sex with Emily, and author of Hot Sex, over 200 things you can try tonight. She is recognized as one of today's most insightful sex educators, challenging cultural taboos, misinformation, and awkward sex talks to create a future where people can deeply connect and shamelessly embrace pleasure. And just a quick disclaimer, this conversation covers mature content with the intent to educate you all and start a conversation with yourself and others. And in this episode, we discuss the number one thing that keeps people from thriving in their sexual relationships how to simplify our feelings about our desires, what men and women need to understand about each other in order to thrive in a sexual relationship, how to hack your sex life, what you should do if you and your partner are struggling with intimacy, who cheats in relationships more and why that happens, what conversations should we be having about sex with a new relationship, and so much more. Make sure to share this with someone you think would be inspired by it. Just send them to lewishouse.com slash 1070 or copy and paste the link wherever you're listening to this. And a quick reminder, if this is your first time here, welcome to the School of Greatness. Please click that subscribe button over on Apple Podcasts right now so you can be notified of all of the other great content we have here, as well as giving us a rating and review, letting us know what you enjoyed most about this episode. Okay, in just a moment, the one and only Emily Morse. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness. Very excited about our guest today, Emily Morris, is in the house. Hi, Lewis. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. It's we, been a while. We met 10 years ago <laughs> yep. at the Museum of Sex. I don't know if you remember. I remember exactly the, the, the place we met, when it was. I was living in New York City, mm-hmm. and I got wrangled in to do this <laughs> Bravo reality show about three women who were relationship experts Mm -hmm. but were struggling to find love in their own life. Right. That was the the concept. Right. Do we practice what we preach? Exactly. Uh And a friend of mine was like, oh, just come out tonight. We're going to be like hanging out. They might be filming. Uh But just come and hang out as my friend. Mm -hmm. And right away, 
she's like, oh, you should meet this girl, Amy. Uh-huh. And then she tried to like set me up right away. And I was like, what am I getting into? And then the producer was like, yeah, you're doing this. And then I was like, what? I thought yeah. I was just coming to hang. Right. And then, and then it became a thing. And they were like, we want you on the show. And I was like, I don't want to be on this reality show, but you became a whole subject line, and then I used to say, "Cause I, like, I love Lewis, Lewis." You became a whole like thread in the reality it show. It was not my intention. I don't know if I would do a reality show again, but it was right. worth the experience. It is. It's television. It's all. And that was my book launch at the Museum of Sex. Your book launch was that uh-huh. night. Yeah. And so that's when I met you. Uh-huh. You've had an incredible journey over the last decade mm-hmm. of helping people understand sex. Mm-hmm. Sex with Emily is your. Whole thing. That's it, man. It's been 15 years since I started. This is my 15th anniversary of the podcast. Wow. I started in 2005. You were like, oh, OG. OG, OG. Oh, definitely the first sex podcast. And I just, yeah, 15th. This is our 15th. With, with 15 years <laughs> of uh, experience in doing this, obviously more experience before that, but 15 years of being in this space, mm-hmm. what's the, the number one thing that ruins relationships from keeping a thriving, desirable sex life? What would you say? You the number the one thing that keeps people from thriving in with their sexual relationship is communication. I, that is not if if couples do not talk about sex and they don't prioritize their sex life and they just assume it's always going to be how it was during the honeymoon phase, which is not realistic. It's going to fall apart. What if it's uncomfortable to talk about? Well, that's the point. It's always uncomfortable to talk. See, here's here's why I, I will always why I will always have a job. People are always going to listen to the podcast <laughs> and call in with questions. Is because it's not comfortable for anyone to talk about sex because we we don't have role models of people talking about sex. We had zero sex education. Most people I speak to after 15 years had, and if they did, it was inaccurate. And we mm. feel we somehow there's all these. There's all these things that we've learned about sex that are untrue, untrue. And one of those is like, if you have to talk about sex, it means that there is a problem and that's when you should just call it quits because we get attached to those early phases of the relationship. Or it's just like this explosion and fire yeah, connection. it should always be and... fireworks. Mm. It's never always fireworks. That, so everything, and if we, if we don't talk about, and so yes, it's always uncomfortable, but that's why I always talk about I mean, a lot of what I do is teach communication mm. around sex. I mean, yes, I can give you all the tips and all the positions and all the things. We could be here for 16 hours. But at the end of the day, how do you even have that conversation that's terrifying and hard and uncomfortable? And How does a uh, woman who's been married for five plus years to their husband have the conversation when the sex life is dying or about to be dead? So how does the woman approach it? Yes. Okay, so I'll tell you my three T's, timing, tone, and turf. Tone is everything. Tone is everything. For women also. For for everyone. Because here's the thing, let's start with tone. You never initiate sex. You never wanna have sex with me. How come you don't, you know, go down on me? Why don't you do all the, and so the second anyone does that, whether it's a business, it's a business in the boardroom or the bedroom, you're gonna get a defensive reaction. So your tone has to be curious, and open and light and collaborative. Like, mm. you know, so our tone is, hey, I realize we, you know, we, we haven't talked about our, our, our intimate life, our sex life lately. And I just, I realize we've never talked about it, babe. So let's just, you know, what are some things that have been working for you, whatnot? And so that's part of it. I can circle back to the, like, we can actually do a conversation. So that's the tone. The tone is never aggressive, hostile, blaming. Then you have, the turf. Now, mm-hmm. this might surprise you because most people think that you should talk about it in when the you're bedroom. in the bedroom. Yeah. You're like, well, I just had sex and we're already in the bedroom. But the bedroom, I, I believe, is sleeping and sex. 
not to have deep conversations, but we usually think, well, if sex is in my mind right now, we should talk about it. Like wait till it's removed so then you can actually have a productive conversation. Because most people I talk to, I say, they call in my show and like, I've got this problem. I'm like, okay, have you talked about it? Yeah, I did. I let her know that I where where were you? And it was after sex. And they don't remember. Our minds are in an altered state. No, like because of the hormones yeah. and the chemicals that happen with arousal and orgasm. Mm-hmm. So outside the bedroom, in a place. That, here's some tips for this. It's like you want to do it in a place where you are. Um, maybe you're you know having dinner. Or you're having a glass of mm-hmm. wine. You are you are going. Here's other thing. Since it's so awkward, do it when you're <laughs> going for a walk. Because this way, this is a you're great You're not staring cheat. at each other. You're looking your for... eyes, yeah. You're, you're not looking at each other or in the car on a road trip. Mm. I won't even make you look in your partner's eyes at this moment. But then you can be like, so, babe, I realize we haven't talked about our sex life, right? So that's timing, tone, turf. That's what you got, right? Did I hit them all? Timing is... Oh, timing. No, I didn't. I missed timing. That was turf, yeah, yeah. I got excited. Timing is... Here's an easy way to remember. Don't do it when you're halt, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. You are chilling, you're hanging out, you're in a really good space. Mm. That's why being outside in nature, or you're going on a road trip, you're in a good place. You're having dinner, you're having a meal, the kids are sleeping. And I also wanna tell people, it is not a one-time conversation. You know, another one of the myths around sex is like, oh, I had the, I had the sex talk. Like it's a, no. And now we all of a sudden understand. Nothing, yeah. <laughs> we know nothing. So that might be your first conversation oh. is, you know what I realized after these, 10 years, five years we've been together, we haven't talked about it. And and I, it's so, you know, as you hope you can agree, it's it's important. And I realize lately I feel, use the I feel, I feel that we haven't made a lot of time for it. I'm not sure why, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I've been listening to a lot of people like, I'm like, always like, blame me. Say you were listening to this podcast. You know, I was listening to sex with Emily and she said, maybe we should schedule sex. And I can get into that too, but like we should, or maybe we should just, you know, I don't want to be the only one driving this. So tell me what what could be a great solution or why do you think we're not having sex? I think it's because I've been, we've been real, I've been really tired. I'm overworked. Mm -hmm. You know, what what do you think it is? And then you can problem solve. But what do you think we could do? We could schedule sex. We could plan things. We could, you know, and then the challenge is a lot of things can come up from there. Well, you haven't been listening to me, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's. This is why it's not a one-time conversation. Yeah. And then you say, you go from there. What is the main reason that men stop having sex with their partner after a long period of time? And why is the main reason that women would want to stop having sex with their partner after a long period of time? You know what's interesting, Lewis, is that we always want to split this by gender, and it would be so much easier if we could. Men do it because of this, and women do it because of this. And what I found out is that there is there's you cannot divide this on gender lines same thing for both same exact reasons yep so what's the reason so the reasons are i mean i could tell you that there's some male skewing things for example you know some there is some truth to probably what you're thinking Mm -hmm. is that you know men want variety or that it just gets to be sort of stale and it's not exciting anymore but i hear that from women all the time really yep Mm. um that they just sort of get bored with it but Typically, they, they stop having sex because it gets boring and then resentments build too. So usually there's an underlying um, resentment. Something's happened. We, they've built up contempt. Well, once you get to contempt, that's a really hard. hard place to come back from. But there's resentments. It's um, Maybe it's, you know, they, they thought because one time they told their partner they wanted to initiate more. 
and their partner didn't, well, then they hold that against them. They use sex as a weapon. They withhold it from their partner. I'm not going to, you know, we're not going to have sex. So there's the, there's the resentments. There's the, just, you get bored because you don't talk, yeah. you don't mix it up and you don't do different things. Um, it's also because some of the top reasons why they're not having sex is lower. You know, there's always a high desire partner in every relationship and a lower desire partner. So Someone who desires sex more. more. There's always someone who wants more and someone who wants less. And unfortunately, those people never match up. Really? Mm-hmm. So what do you mean? Sometimes I mean, that's why it's so hard. You can't just like say, I mean, there's a lot of different, because there's always, it could be hormone. Here's the thing. The, let me, we'll so you're go saying back there's always that. someone who wants it more than someone else. They're never at the same level. No, and it, that can switch. You're like, I really wanted it, but then I got really stressed. So another reason why we don't want sex typically doesn't even have to do with our partner. It could be because we're really stressed out with work. What I hear a lot from men is when men are really so, like, I'll give you some gender things here. Mm -hmm. When men are really stressed about money or finances, they're worried about you know work, it's like they've been like castrated, honestly. Because if you think about the masculine, in many cases, I don't want to be, they're like, oh, I have to make a living. Mm -hmm. I have to be the man. And then if you are, you got laid off from work, you're, you don't know how you're going to pay the mortgage. Sex is the last, you are shut down. Sex could be the last thing on your mind. You don't feel sexually charged. You don't no. desire yourself. You don't, all you, these things. Well, a lot of it has to do with the reason why, okay, so the, another reason why we don't want sex is because we're not feeling good about ourselves. Uh -huh. So if you look at it holistically, yeah, it could be about an emotional reason, a psychological, it could be physiological, biological, your hormones. You know, for women, our hormones change over time after childbirth. Mm -hmm. um, if you're on certain medications, that could also be a reason why we don't want sex. So it's it's whenever I dig deeper, it's typically not even about your partner per se. There's just always so many factors. It's like saying, you know, when you why are, you know do you feel healthy right now? I mean, it's the same thing. Like, yeah. oh well, my exercise is great, but my diet isn't, or I'm really working out, but I'm not lifting weights, or you know. So it's like. Sex, it's like a, it's a puzzle that you have to look at all the elements. It's really hard. How do we simplify? Uh, How well, do we just relax and allow the desire to flow for the rest of our life? I think that's a great question. And I think how we simplify it is we, we keep talking about it. We keep checking mm. up on it. We keep saying, so where are we at now? And you set realistic expectations. So I'll give you an example. Like when a woman gives, let's talk, I'm sure a lot of your listeners have you know, children or they've gone mm -hmm. through this or women in, in perimenopause or just hormonal things. So let's say you wanted sex um, all the time before you got pregnant and then you have a baby. And for many women, their desire doesn't come back. Now they go, they go to the doctor, they come home from the hospital and the doctor typically says, oh, you'll be fine. You can have sex in six weeks. So much of the medical system and how we treat women and women's health is so inaccurate. You come in six weeks, yeah, maybe you'll feel a little bit better physically, but your hormones are all over the place. You're exhausted. You just birthed a human out of your vagina <laughs> and you're supposed to get all sexy and slinky and, and want sex. It's just, so that could be a thing. So then even setting expectations. So I think another important thing is you talk about it, but you also set expectations. Like right now, babe, I am not, I'm not feeling it. Let's just say that I'm not gonna, it's not gonna be as frequent. But also people, the way we define sex is through intercourse, like PV sex. I'm talking about heterosexual couples. Penis goes into vagina. But sometimes we just miss intimacy with our partner. Mm. So sometimes it could be, Let's just, you know, let's cuddle. Like, I'll give you a back rub for 20 minutes and you'll give me a back rub for 20 minutes and then we'll see where it goes. Or we take sex off the table for a week and we're like, we just sort of mm. do it like we did in high school. We kind of bring back that energy and that connection. 
So um, it doesn't always flow. And I think the problem is it will never flow, just like your health, just mm. like nutrition, your spiritual practice, your religious practice. It is the same exact thing. And so the, the bill of goods that we are sold that this perfect sex life looks a certain way and it's you're always hot, you're always turned on, you're always want to rip your partner's clothes off, doesn't exist anywhere for anybody on the planet, not even me. And I've been studying this for 15 years. <laughs> and I started this because I was like, I don't ever want to be in a relationship where the sex, it just seems horrible to be with someone that you don't want to have sex with. And yeah. I thought, how do I unpack? How do I figure that out? Yeah. And so now I know what to do when I'm in a relationship, but I still sometimes don't want it all the time. So let's just knock down that. And let's just say to think that it's always going to be in flow and you're always going to want to have sex with your partner at the same rate, the same time, the same positions, your desires are going to be the same as your partner. It's just Never setting gonna yourself up for failure. Never going to happen. Never. So it's learning to be flexible, understanding, having greater communication with your partner not having this fixed mindset that it's gotta be a certain way all the time. Right. Otherwise you're gonna let yourself down. Yeah, set yourself free. Do you think, uh, <laughs> is, sex, yeah, is sex more physical, psychological, or spiritual in your mind? I think it's all of those. And when we think it's only one thing, that's another way we get into trouble because we don't, I mean, yes, it's physical, but for many people it's a spiritual experience. It's mm. all about connection. And here's the other thing, when we talk about communication, I don't just mean like, hey, let's talk about sex, why aren't we having it? It's like, what are your desires? What turns you on? Mm. What are you into? What What's the most you know great place for couples to start is, what's the, most, the three most memorable times we've had sex? I'll write it down and then you write it down, not with other people, because that gets messy, but <laughs> in our relationship. Five years ago in that car with yeah, that other exactly. girl, was so hot. That yeah. girl went down and was crazy, oh my God. You're like, oh shit, that wasn't you, that's bad. <laughs> But once you start to kind of unpack, uh -huh. maybe I say, I had a woman call into my show a few weeks ago and she said to me, it was very similar. I was married for 15 years and we don't have sex, we have mm. kids. I mean, this is literally the question. So I'm glad we're talking about this. And she said, and I asked her, I said, well, what's the most memorable time you had sex? She said it was like in 2000, it was New Year's Eve and we were on the dance floor and we had... We had sex on the dance floor. Mm. And she, uh, she was like, are we? I'm like, that's, that's hot. hot. That's I'm hot. like, okay. Wait, with other people around? Yeah, they were like, it was like, you know, New Year's Eve and busy, packed, like, people couldn't see. Like, that's, yeah. that's pretty hot. That's hot. You're probably not gonna match that with three kids like living in Ohio. <laughs> like that's not gonna happen again. Right, right. However, what I got from that, and this is just a, this is just scratching the surface was, oh, so you like the unexpected. Maybe you have a little bit of a, um, you know, a, a a voyeur thing in you, or you like people to watch you, or you like to be watched. Or to not almost be caught or yes, something. Yes, to yeah. be caught. The fear of being caught is a big one for people. Really? So even just those kernels of the three most memorable, maybe it was on, for a lot of people, it's on vacation. Well, it's not, you know, that's why we love, love vacation sex. So our, like, sexual DNA like all the different sex things that we've done, like that that will tell us, or just telling what those sex acts is like the DNA of your mm. sex life. It's like what's worked, what hasn't. And the pro the challenge is that it typically, we don't often match with our partner. And this is why I would love for people to have all of these conversations about sex before you commit, or before you, oh, before you commit would be ideal, before you so get married, because so you're like, oh, I, I want, Penetration. I want. I want more. I want kinkier. I want. You know. So. So the three things are. You know. Some people want more romantic, connected sex. Like my. You know. Maybe your partner says the best sex we ever had was when we were staring into each other's eyes and we did that tantric breathing together. Slow and then and you're intimate. like, I liked it when I from behind when the lights were. You know. And right. and when we were watching porn together. And neither. There's no right answer here. 
But then how do people with disparate sexual desires and needs oh, come together? It's so hard. It's possible. Because it's very possible. It's very hard. <laughs> it's just it's very hard. It's almost like you, there's a lot of people that get into a relationship through attraction. They have this instant connection. Yes. And they realize after six months that they have different love languages. Yes, the love languages and are the huge. And the thing you love to create, maybe you like to share words of affirmation, but your partner doesn't do that in return, and you don't feel the love in return after a period of time when things kind of wear off in the right. honeymoon phase. You start to be like resentful or whatever it may be because yes. they're not giving you what you want. Mm -hmm. And it's not their come from. It's not their normal way of being. Right. So that's hard. But then you're in a relationship and you love each other and you try to make it work. It sounds like you got to understand each other's sex language. Yes. So let's talk about that for a minute. So I think every couple, a great thing is to do take the love language quiz first. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too. in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Also, I have something on my site called, it's at sexwithebily.com. It's the yes, no, maybe list. This is a Ooh. game changer. So I it? think it's, you take the love language quiz because usually we give love the way we want. We, we give love the way we want to receive it and then that can get messy. It's a list that has literally like 80 sex, sex options. So it goes from kissing to cuddling to spanking to watching porn to mutual masturbation. Just everything that you've thought of sexually is on this list. And it's a game. You each fill it out. Is it a yes for you? Is it a no? Or is it a maybe? What a great converse. Because I always try to have hacks for people so they can sort of 
because the conversation's so awkward. I always have all these exercises mm. for couples. So just do this together. And then you're like, oh, you want to be spanked. I didn't know that. I've wanted that as well. Or you like to cuddle. We haven't been cuddling. You know, what are your yeses? Let's start with all the yeses. Okay, let's do more of the yeses. You know, what are your, your maybes? Well, let's just talk about the maybe here for a minute. How, why is it a maybe? And it just gets the conversation mm. going. And then you have it all laid out. And you see, like, where can we at least align? And then where can we negotiate? Right. And what, if, what about like, the no's? What if someone's yeses or someone else's no's? That, that's that's going to take a lot of work. It's like the love language. It's, some of them are easier than others, but if your partner's like acts of service or time, so some things are just hard. You're like, oh God, acts of service. Can I just pay someone to do this? This thing is nice what thing I did. My girl loves no, acts of service. I know. Say that's hard. For, like, I guess I'm speaking for, it's yes. It's so much time and energy to, to make you feel loved through an act when yeah. I normally would never do this myself for for I wouldn't do it for myself. Exactly. I don't even wash my no, car or whatever, no. fill the tank with gas. But whatever. I learned the hack from like hiring people to do certain things. Hire people to do things. But it's just, and that works, but it's still like, man, it's a, it's it's a full-time a, job. It is a full-time job. Help yeah. it, being there for someone's love language mm-hmm. if it's not the same thing. Yeah, it's hard. Well, how great when you match up at least one of them. Because usually we have yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. We have one and then the primary one. So hopefully there's one no, that we have matches No, we have a lot of mutual things also. But it's like, if you have a, your yeses or someone else's no's, that's going to be really hard. Yeah. Does everyone, your listeners, you talked about the love languages before. Because oh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's such a, it's, great. it's a great, no, it is, it is, it's great. And that's a great starting point for couples too. Because for couples who have never, like, let me tell you something, Lewis. The majority of couples that I hear from, and even individuals, they've n- never talked about their sex life not only that but they've never even thought about love languages they're at a they're at a standstill they've never had therapy and so i think taking a love language quiz figuring that out can be a great place to just to start, start and peel back a layer and be like oh you what want about, compliments okay what's the conversation starter that any person should have with their partner within the first couple months about sex okay maybe you've had sex a few times already maybe you're about to have sex in order to see if this is actually going to work, mm-hmm. to give you yes. a chance of being great. God, in my world. That's what's what's the conversation ever... that's uncomfortable but needed? Um, well, you should always talk about protection. And if you're mm-hmm. safe and you've been tested, you should do that before you have sex. Just have that conversation. Right. And right now with like COVID, it's like we're all talking about tested. Why don't you just talk about, have you gotten, have you been tested? Oh, great. You don't have COVID. And how about STDs? So that's one thing. And then I think it's just about how important is that? Here's a great question. How important is sex to you? Mm. I'm someone who really wants to prioritize pleasure. It's really important to me to stay connected to my partner. I love touch. My, my love language is, is, is touch. Yeah, me too. How are you? Yeah, and that's a hard one. If your partner's isn't touch, that's another one that's super challenging. because. Really I'm like, if you were not touching often and all the time, <laughs> you're, not gonna say that, like, you're gonna be resentful. It's I not feel, gonna work. Yeah, they could be buying me gifts and they could be doing extra service. Matter. I don't give a shit, but hold, touch me, hold me. <laughs> so that's hard. But just to say, they're like, oh no, I don't really like. So if they say, oh, I, you know, sex is yeah, pleasure. What do you mean by that? Or God, and then they get really uncomfortable. Or maybe they shame you for talking about it. Or they make you feel bad. Or like, what do you mean? I I believe that if if you have to talk about sex, a relationship's not going to work. And I'm not saying you run away from that person because let me just, I can't say this enough, Lewis, that most people haven't even talked about it or thought about it. A lot of times it's because they, people don't have a lot of education or re, they haven't done research. Mm. So maybe their partner says, well, I've heard if we have to talk about it, there's a problem. Lots of people think that. It's just simply not true. Yeah. So if you're somebody who's with someone and you really like them, but that, then you could say, 
Okay, well, I listen. A lot of people listen to my show together. They listen to my podcast, or I give them some literature. However, they learn and say the truth is, couples who communicate about sex are actually a lot more satisfied. And when the se- most couples who don't, the sex is going to go down the tubes. And, you know. Really, if they don't talk about it. Yeah. So the more free, or well, the more comfortable you are talking the about it, the more comfortable it, the you are. Be, listen, the couples yeah. who are not having a problem with sex, they're doing great. But when it becomes a problem, which it will if you never talk about it it takes over the entire relationship. It's kind of like the 80-20 rule for sex. Like if it's a problem, it takes over. I don't know, is that mm, sort of, you know, or yeah. like it's- It's like the elephant go- in the room that yeah. no one's talking about and it's why isn't our connection good and intimacy's not yes. good. But yeah. no one's willing to talk about it. No one's willing to talk about it because they don't know where to start. They don't actually know the problem. And mm. a lot of us, and I, hear, I actually do hear this from vulva owners or women more often is that when there's a problem with sex, we blame ourselves. So we think he hasn't initiated sex lately. Um, oh, I gained weight. He saw my stretch marks. I'm not sexy. He's with somebody else. There's something wrong with me. And so therefore, I need to fix it. When right. if she did, when if I just said, you know, to the partner or someone said their partner, so what lately I feel like we haven't been having sex as much. Is there anything going on? Because I still desire, oh, babe, I'm glad you brought it up. I've been so stressed with work. I mean, like, let's just solve it that yeah. way, but we don't. We're so afraid of talking about it that we're going to be confirmed what we believe is true, that we are not lovable, which is ultimately the greatest fear on earth is that we will not be loved and abandoned. Yeah. So we don't bring it up. And then we also have shame. Like I should always have, be having sex all the time and something's wrong with me. And then we also don't have a model of people talking about it. So we don't know what to do. Yeah. It's not really talked about that much at all. Except for you. Except for a me. A few people. A few people. Who, who? I hope more people are. I know. Who, who cheats more? relationships men or women honestly it's i used to think men all the things but it's really it's fairly close right now mm-hmm. i think that they're like neck and neck 50, i think esther 50. Perel said that just as many women yes she's hearing she, in her uh, her uh-huh. work are, are cheating on their husbands as much as men are yeah and in my unscientific opinion they just don't get caught it's women don't get caught <laughs> how we, is that because we're just better at it how do you sneak well, women how do you are, lie how do you like hold weed. back the lie the guilt the how do you not Some shoot? People, um, I just think that women are, I don't know, what, is a, that is a great question. It's almost like women can always tell when their man's not. Always, we have that women's intuition. But then. But men are maybe sloppier, I don't know. This is like, this is just my, I don't know how, and women, I don't know if they get away with it, but women, they kind of do. We just cover our tracks, I don't know. But I often, I know a lot of women, this is again, just friends or listeners, um, but it is 50-50, and I can't answer why men get caught more than women. This is, again, I'd love to see a study on this, but this is my hunch that men maybe It's always about the phone these days. Although, mm. I was watching, um, uh, what's it called, the show that was in the 50s about advertising? Oh, my God. Mad Men. And I remember there was a scene where he was cheating, and she got the phone bill like back in the 50s, and it was like yeah. all these numbers, the numbers she didn't know. Yeah. So it's always been the phone. Yeah. But now the phone can be pop up on the iPad and the messages and all the things. Maybe, I don't, maybe the man's not checking the woman's phone as much as the woman's checking the man's phone. I don't yeah, know. I'm trying to think of what it, I honestly think that women, okay, again, there are men like this too, all genders, but women were really good at like read, like we, we can read your facial we're expressions intuitive. or we're intuitive or what do you mean you didn't come up or what, oh, you're, I don't know. We're like the, we're like the scientists here, it, yeah. and I think that that it does show a little bit that you know. And there's also these are also I don't know how conclusive these studies are, but women, when women cheat, like women leave the relationship, they're more likely to already have someone. 
that mm. men don't often leave until their female partner pushes it to end, like in a marriage or something. Yeah, I just, I hate to talk in like stereotypes like this because I think sure. it's a case by case basis, but I do think that cheating is, yeah, common for for everybody and it's not necessarily because the sex isn't great. There, again, there's a, a lot of other reasons why people cheat. Mm -hmm. And what I talk about a lot is that what I would love to see is, I think monogamy works for so many people. Monogamy is great. Till death do us part, great, we're together forever. But for many people, it just isn't. And I know, and people think, oh, that's so crazy. If my partner was sleeping with someone else, I'd go insane. Well, it's not for you, but for some people, they, they they don't think it's okay or they don't know how it would work. But I know a lot of people in really long-term open relationships, and it doesn't mean just go bang someone, honey, I'm not coming home tonight, I met someone really great at the bar. It doesn't work like that. It's like, okay, so these are my, because okay, let's go back to the yes, no, maybe. Maybe I really want to be spanked or tied up. And mm. you're just you're like, I don't feel great about that. I grew up in a home where there was a lot of, I'm like, okay, how would you feel if once a week or once a month, once a quarter, like I think everyone needs a sex, we'll talk about that business plan for your sex life, but once a quarter, I went out and I did this thing. And then what What do you want fulfilled? And you just sort of have, a, and the people I know in open relationships, mm. and there's all, there's like swingers and there's threesomes and there's just all different things. They practice this rigorous communication and really? they talk about everything. And they don't, sure they get jealous, but then they sort of learn to sort of transcend that because something happens called compersion. Compersion, and compersion, compersion is when I actually, I'm, I actually get pleasure because I love you so much that you, you had pleasure. No like way. I love Really? Absolutely, this is what wow. happens. So that's, so that's it's like the transcending jealousy mm -hmm. into compersion. Compersion. Never heard of that. Your pleasure. I love you so much and I trust you and I'm glad you went and got spanked tonight. I'm glad you went and, you know. That's like a whole nother elevated human right there. Not even, yeah. But how do you, be, how does someone, I mean, I feel like on both sides, men and women, it's hard, it'd be hard for men to allow that to happen to their female partner. And I, I think the fear of, I won't speak in every woman, mm -hmm. but I think the fear of abandonment for a lot of women is is high. And if you're gonna go off and have this crazy wild experience with some younger, right. hotter, whatever girl, <laughs> like, will you still wanna be with me? Well, is it safe and secure? That happens for many people, but I should also clarify that the, when these open relationships work, they don't start open. You are on a really solid place. Mm. I have so many people call into my show and say, we've been together 10 years and we've opened it up. In the last five years, we've been swinging. I, I don't, most people that I know or that call in, that my listeners, they they had a really solid foundation and they talked about it for months. They have rules, mm. they have boundaries. Like there's no kissing, there's no sleepovers. If you're with somebody, it's only once. And since you, and, and you, you have a contract essentially. Is that essentially. the way it works for most? For no, it, there's no most. I hear everything. Some people want the person that they, they want the same person. Really? Some people don't, they want, it can't be anyone in our town. It can right. only be when you're traveling. It can only be our neighbor and nobody else. It can only, there's no kissing. You can never sleep over, you can only sleep over, but then don't come home because, you know, I mean, it's, wow. but you get, but you might, and when you start at an open relationship journey, you, and you get to um, decide, it can be messy at the beginning, but you're mm. like, oh, that didn't feel good to me. But you are, like I said, you're practicing, you both want this for whatever reason you came to because we want more variety or actually turns me on to see you with another person, like a lot of, and you'd be surprised, mm. probably your neighbors, there's people that you wouldn't believe likely are, are into something. it. Yeah. yeah, a lot of men like watching their female Shut partners up. with another. 
so many Lewis. And I'll bet you a lot of your listeners are like, yeah, I'm into it. It's called cuckolding. Or what's or it called? It's called cuckolding. And it's, cuckolding. Uh-huh. And it's way, I mean, I'm telling you, people all over the country, they called to my show. And Midwest and all over. Yep. I mean, I'm from Michigan. I have a lot of some yeah. listeners are like, we, cuckolding is the act of, of, a, of a man, it's typically a man, who gets his primary turn on, or one of his main turn ons is watching his wife have, or his partner have sex with another man. I know, not for me either, it's not for like you. It's just like this in their DNA, yeah. it's like this is a turn on for me. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. a lot of different reasons. So you, I hear it all, I mean, I, and I, you know, the thing about my show is like, no, zero judgment. I've heard everything, I'm open, as long as it's safe and consensual. Yeah. yeah. But I think that that's so a lot, going back to why we cheat, it's like, maybe we have a deep desire and either we're too afraid to bring it up or we brought it up and our partner was like, no, I will never. Allow that. I will never allow it. And then you're like, well, this is a part of my core erotic blueprint. This is my, my erotic theme. This is what, this is a really main source of my arousal and you're saying no. No, you're shutting it down. And it's really hard and then. So how do you live with that? If you wanna be with someone, you love this person, you wanna create a family and a life together, you wanna to live by, uh, you wanna make them happy, but you also wanna make yourself happy. How do you do both? Mm. Well, there's so many different pieces of the puzzle. And, and so. Is it okay to shut down a desire? Yes, if you're okay with it. To be with someone else, mm-hmm. and you say, "Okay, I'm going to accept this. It's not acceptable yeah, in this relationship all the time." So I'm going to kill this part of me. And is it a kill or just like a let go? A like, let you go. Know, this desire. Like it, yeah. 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 No, because a kill is like, oh, it was a deep part of me. But if it's like, right. you know what? If I never have sex with another person uh, outdoors. Right. I could probably live with that because this person is all these other things. Mm-hmm. But it's usually the not that of, black and white. Yeah. yeah, the riches of the connection and the love. And, and the relationship and what we've created. Yeah. It's, it's so not worth be- ruining. It's not worth ruining. For, for this fantasy once a year or yeah, something, right? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, but things can work if we, I just want people to know what is possible. <laughs> and and again, none of this is for everybody, but it's, it's not prescriptive, but monogamy isn't for everybody. That's mm-hmm. why half the people cheat. That's why half the marriages end in divorce even though we're delaying marriage and getting married later. later. Um, and sex is often an underlying, like if you don't still have that connection and chemistry, even couples, and couples are gonna go through it. Like I I think as long as you're, you know, it's not always gonna be great. R- relationships look like this, especially long-term relationships, but the couples I know that make it work, they always come back to, they ha- they still are having sex, like they're- Really? Because typically, maybe sometimes there's one person who doesn't want it as, you know, like I said, but they make it happen or they don't want to have as much sex, but they, they figure it out because they know that that is the glue. And people will tell you differently, like, oh, we're best friends. We've decided we never need to have sex again. And we're just going to be, we love, we love our family, love our house. If they're not having sex, eventually that will catch up with them and they will be miserable. Or one person will want that desire yeah. or something like that. They'll want it. We have to, we, we are, we are sexual beings. You people are having sex. I mean, I have like an 80-year-old call me in the show the other night, and he's got three women, and who she grew up. I mean, it's a different world right now. You know, my mother watched my master class, and she's 77, and she's like, you know, Emily, watching your master class, I was really inspired. I actually shaved my leg. She's been my stepdad for 35 years. Wow. She's like, I realize I've been kind of lazy during quarantine, and I shaved my legs. I'm like, Mom, I'm so glad you were inspired, because we always need to remember that that's you know, and they're very happy. They have a wonderful relationship, but you know, he's 85, she's 70s. But it still is important because then otherwise we're roommates. 
What's the <laughs> a lot What's done. the craziest story you've heard in the last 15 years of doing this work where you were just it shocked you. You're like, "No, this is like you've heard everything, nothing's off limits. You're 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 welcoming people sharing crazy mm-hmm. stuff all the time to make it more normalized." So what is the one or two things that come to mind oh, gosh. that was like, wow, this I, person I get asked this question and then whenever I get asked it, I say, I really need a better answer for it because to me, nothing is crazy. Mm. But I can tell you something that happened, and again, I usually, this happened recently. Um, do you mean like a crazy sex act or like, well, here's something. Okay, so there's a couple. <laughs> this woman called into my show and she said she had a crush. Because a lot. what I love about what I do is because I people can call in and then they call back and they're like, well, hey, this worked, this didn't work. So mm. like we're all like the community, we're all in it together, sort of helping each other. So she called in, she said, I don't know what to do. I have a crush on my, this is kind of, we're gonna need to, on my ex-husband's wife. <laughs> a woman on the woman. She's like, I, I just, we have this connection. We spend a lot of time together because she's essentially raising my kids. Wow. She's been with my husband so for we're, years. We're at the park together yeah. with my kids, we're this, we're. Yeah, and yeah. I think she feels it too. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. And she said, and I even told, my husband, because she's remarried, she's she's like I even told my husband that we have a thing, and 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 he said you know, you know he he was kind of okay, but like thought it would be you know, so then she calls back a few months later. Oh, so then yeah, she calls back a few months later and says you'll never believe what's happening, and this happened during quarantine. She said, "Don't tell me they both got divorced." We're, and now they're th- we're in a throuple. The wife, the girlfriend, left her ex, left her husband, her ex husband. And now the three of them, the husband, the the wife, and then the ex-wife, because she said to me on the first call, she said... The ex-husband's wife left the husband. To go for his ex-wife. So the two ex-wives oh, are now together and the husband. And it was told, this might sound like... Oh, the new husband, are, not the ex-husband. Yes, the new husband. The ex-husband's alone and sad. Oh my gosh. He's alone and sad. No way. And the other crazy thing is, is that the, the woman was like... I feel this woman that I have a crush on, she's married to my ex, and this this is a whole nother show, but she's like the same, It's he's my ex-husband is an asshole or a jerk, you know, everyone thinks that, but he's doing the same things to her. And, and They're almost bonded together because right, of the experience, like trauma the shared bonding. experience. Because people do, listen, we're this all gonna crazy. repeat patterns if we don't work on ourselves. We don't heal it. We don't heal it, you gotta heal the trauma, that shit's just gonna keep going. So he was like a be- he was controlling, he was OCD, judgmental, all the things. So she would complain to the mm-hmm. other girl yeah. about what the ex-husband was doing to her, mm-hmm. and they were like, yeah, he did that to me, and yeah. they were connecting, and they were like, oh. It was over a period of, yeah, exactly, or just, yeah, it was over a period of a few years, so I mean, at the end, I'm like, yeah, then your ex, your, the ex-husband needs to know, to go do some work, you know? And anyway, that was a pretty entertaining, that was wow. a pretty unique and scenario. And the new husband was cool with the, yeah, Ruffle. see, this is what I'm telling you, Lewis, that people are well, they more open a... to things that yeah. you think. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12-pack, head to Amazon and use promo code 20PureLeaf. That's promo code 20PureLeaf for 20% off. 
When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Were the women having a relationship by themselves? No, the man sometimes joins, this, but they all have an arrangement. They sleep in the same bed. <laughs> this is crazy. This is not the first call I've gotten. Not about the thruple as a whole, you know, what do you think? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I know, I, it sounds, yeah, that was pretty like, oh, but, oh my, we're like following along with our journey. And I'm like, she called back six months later and this is what happened. So is it, I think of what I hear that's, so, but to me, Lewis, everything is, is like, I've heard everything. I don't think that any people, people, what I love is that people feel safe to call me and it's like, it's all okay as long as it's, you know, people have certain, okay, so here's someone called in. This is my, this isn't crazy, but this, you just might find this interesting. This was last night. Her husband has a haircutting fetish. A fetish is something different than a fantasy or a kink mm -hmm. that's required for arousal. Like people have a latex fetish or a, or a, um, foot, a foot fetish. fetish. Like it's almost like so. What you, so you need the fetish in order to be aroused, mm -hmm. or you won't be sexually aroused without it. I will not it. be at my best arousal state unless there is. I can't. The I, I can massage your feet. I got to massage your feet. They have to be somehow involved in, in our arousal. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, maybe you'll be turned on, but not fully turned on. Not fully turned on. That's a fetish. That's like a. a and you can be like, oh, I kind of like feet. Sometimes we do that. So that's right. the difference. So this woman called in, she's been with her husband for 17 years. I believe she was in um, Ohio. And she OH. said- yeah, LH, yeah. I know, right, from Michigan, <laughs> right, know. exactly. So she said, um, haircut fetish, and the problem is we're in quarantine, and I'm not getting my hair cut as much, and my hair was really short, and now it's growing, and I like it, and my sisters like it, but I love my husband so much, what do I do? And it was just interesting. I had I had heard that one once before, but like she's like the hair. She said, but I see it. He cuts it. He he. Well, usually someone else cuts it, but he comes and she goes, and I see he's never as turned on as he is when I'm getting a haircut. Oh my god! So she can't grow her hair out. She ever. can't grow her hair. She's like, I'm like, what do you? I'm like, buy wigs. Mm. I said, why don't you go buy a bunch of wigs, and you could also take it to the next place and be like, not only am I blonde tonight in this long hair, but I'm also going to dress apart. I'm going to become my alter ego. Like these are things that couples do to like kind of, it's kind of hot to wear a wig. I once had a woman tell me she was working at a, a department store. I think I was like somewhere like in New York buying something. I mean, cause everybody, as you can imagine, opens up to when they hear what I do. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, let me tell you something. And she was probably 65 years old at Bloomingdale's working the makeup counter and I was buying something and I said, I'm going out to a conference or something. She said, what do you do? I said, oh, I'm a sex, sex doctor, sex therapist. She said, honey, I got the best advice for you. I said, what, what? Cause I always want to know. She's like, wear a wig. And, and I was like, hmm. And what she meant, what she was saying is, 
we we all crave variety. We all want something different. We it's going to happen after a while. If I had, if I give you this chicken every single night for dinner, mm-hmm. you'd be like, "Can we please order a pizza?" <laughs> and so if every night, and then you just sort of surprise your partner, and you're wearing something different, and you sort of plan to role play, and what might all this might sound kind of silly, or oh, we would laugh. Fine, laugh. Sex is fun and funny, and then you get into a different. Maybe you could, maybe some couples or people have called in and said, yeah, I took your advice. I, I dressed as something different and I actually was able to channel like my insecurities that I usually have. Mm. I felt different. I felt sexier. I felt like I could take control because I wasn't me and my partner could sort of connect with me on a different level. And so these are just, I have so many of these different hacks. It's different for everyone, but mm. you know, just don't give up on it. You <sighs> don't know? give up. What, what are you about someone's... <laughs> What about if someone's struggling with orgasm? Mm. How do we not force an Which orgasm? Which gender, women or men? Both, okay. yeah. What if both are like, oh, I'm just not able to have an orgasm anymore. Yeah. It's harder and harder and I, no matter what I try, are they well, overthinking it? Well, Is it I stress? don't think that Is sex it... should be all about orgasm. We place mm. way too much emphasis on orgasm. I mean, it's important. But what I've found is there's a lot of different reasons why we can't orgasm, and that's also, there's like 20 different reasons. It could be you're on medication, you're Mm. stressed out, you only can orgasm when you're alone, but when with your partner, you haven't showed them what you like yet, you have pain. There's a lot of different reasons. You have shame. You have shame. You have pain and shame. And so there's a, so if you can't orgasm, which, which, now, can't orgasm or like, okay, so I, it is different for or the genders, blocked, so we could break yeah. it down. I mean, some women orgasm, like I don't think there's anyone who who can't have an orgasm. I think we can always have an orgasm, but we just don't haven't gotten there yet. But very few people like can't anymore. Maybe they can't during penetration, but you know, I have to, you know, I have to say this every day and people are shocked that only 20% of women orgasm during penetration. That's crazy. 20%. And it's because your penis is nowhere near clitoris and there's not enough arousal and foreplay and there's not enough touching right. and or maybe my love language is words and I need you to tell me all these things about me and I need you to slowly kiss my mm. neck and warm me up. But mm. when we just go right for penetration, no way will I have an orgasm. And most women orgasm from mouths and fingers and hands and toys, not a penis. So, and then for men who can't orgasm, it's typically other things, it's usually do you want to do what, what you want me to go off on at all? Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like, you know, this is like. <laughs> go for it. Men can't orgasm because. Is it loss of during, testosterone? Is it stress? Yeah, everything. It... Testosterone, stress. As men get older, they lose testosterone. But it can also be because they're used to masturbating to, some, to porn. So when they're alone, they use a certain grip. If they don't well, have the same tension. Grip, yeah. Doesn't, well, doesn't orgasm. Work. Yeah. Wow. But you can figure out there's hacks to everything, Lewis. You can hack your sex life. <laughs> what is mindful masturbation? Mindful masturbation. Mindful masturbation is a great practice for discovery and learning to um, slow everything down. Is and something the you practice- do yourself or mm-hmm. with someone else? You could do it either way. That's mutual. I love mutual. How about a mutual mindful masturbation? Mutual go. masturbation Pre-am. is the next thing. There you go. Um, mindful Forward masturbation. With Morris. What did you say? <laughs> the fourth that with Emily yes, Morris. Yes, exactly. Right. There you go. Write it down. Um, the, so why I love about mindful masturbation is it's, you actually go into it with the goal of not orgasming. The goal is to explore. The goal is to mm. take time. You take 
half hour, whatever it is, you lock the door, you know the kids aren't coming in, your roommate, and you just get curious. And you set the atmosphere, like you're on a date with yourself. Whatever it is that gets you in the mood, you light candles, you play music, and you're just like, I'm gonna get curious about my body and what feels good to me. Because we have so many nerve endings on our body that we don't even just, we all know the primary erogenous zones, but there's like, like the nape of your neck, you know, your inner thigh, your, you know, just inner elbow, like for many women, like there's just a men, for men. Yeah, like right here, like this part can feel really good to touch. Mm. And then you just sort of get curious and you breathe a lot, there's a lot of breath work and you breathe. I mean, breath and meditate, breath and masturbation. That's why I would say meditate, masturbate, manifest. But there's a lot of things that are breathing that are so important with sex. So you just kind of breathe and you just sort of pay attention to all the sensations of your body. You, you essentially tease yourself or edge yourself. And then you just sort of, the goal of it is to be mindful and curious about what feels good to you. Now, I'm cool if you have orgasms and you go for it. But the, the great thing about it is that a lot of us just assume that the way we orgasm now is the only way. Like I only had an orgasm this way and I'm never going to try anything else. Mm. And this is a great way to discover like, can I have a nipple orgasm? How does it feel? What's a nipple orgasm? What's a nipple orgasm? A nipple orgasm, very common. But a lot of women don't even know they can have it. Just having like pleasure on the nipples and you have an orgasm. Yeah. Zero arousal, zero touching in the genital. Yeah. In fact, there's a there's the uh, sensory the 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 same region of your brain. It's called the the sensory cortex. The genital. What is it called? The uh, oh my god, my brain. The something sensory cortex of your brain. The it's it. So your clitoris and your nipple. We didn't say clitoris yet. Your clitoris and your nipples are both. They both send brainwave patterns to the same part of the brain. So your arousal is stimulated this mm. this part of the brain. So it is similar to. So the nipples and the clitoris. So sometimes you could do both at the same time, but women don't often, they think it's not possible. They think they can only have one orgasm. Majority of women can be multi-orgasmic. Really? Yeah. How many other places can women women have an orgasm? Nipple? (laughs) Nipple? Is this a lot of your show? Are you gonna cut this out? We've never talked about this stuff, but where else? Dude, well, this is good. Yeah, opening up. Listen, people need to know. What? Listen, my whole mission is to get people to prioritize their pleasure and liberate the conversation around sex. So, this is it. What, what, we need more pleasure. Let's talk yeah. about it. Mm. <laughs> Nipple orgasm. Yes, I mean, there's some women, and they might even know this, but then their partner maybe, they never explored on their own during mindful masturbation. Or, and use some lube. Get get just get curious about it, and yeah. maybe after you already have an orgasm, you can then your nipples will be more sensitive, and then you can have another orgasm. I mean, I'm not saying it's for every woman, but they're pretty common. There's a nipple orgasm. There is an internal orgasm, an external orgasm. There are. Wait, what's the difference between internal and external? Well, some people call it the G spot. Uh-huh. Oh, you mean in? Gotcha. Internal. Sorry, like inter- internal. But for like- men, prostate. The prostate is. I'm telling you, for men, you can. You can have an orgasm through the prostate. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Very sensitive, huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lewis, it, it's like a lot of men, like, I know it's for exiting, makes me gay. Like a sex act does not make you gay. Mm. What, what happens is the, the prostate is kind of like the, the male G-spot and it's an internal, there's kind of like the same way you find the internal, well, we could get to, back to the G-spot, but for many men using a finger, using a toy and just exploring there, they have the most intense orgasms. Really? Yes. We didn't, you didn't, oh, I should have brought you an anal toy. Oh. 
Okay, there you go. So, yeah, and so what I love is in the last 15 years, like what I've seen is it used to be like straight men were like, nope, nope, and then now they're kind of like, oh, I hear what you're saying. I'm curious I a little bit, yeah. Yeah, and it can help men who have premature ejaculation or men who can't orgasm. Like, that's always going to do it. And the men that I know that have experienced it, they're just like, it's next level orgasm. <laughs> it blows their mind. Okay. So your partner can use a fit, yeah. Who, what's what's more of a challenge for most men from your understanding and mm-hmm. your show and experience? Premature ejaculation or unable to ejaculate or taste? Delayed ejaculation. Delayed ejaculation. That's what's, what we call it. What happens? What's more frequent? Um, I would say I hear about pe- premature ejaculation more often. What is premature? Is this in a minute? A minute, minute or less. A minute or less? Yep. I don't even know how you do that. Yeah, good. So this isn't your That's problem. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really hard. Especially for with men. the same person for years. Sucks. No, Dude, I was with someone. I I wonder if this is why I do what I do. But when, like a very long time ago, twenty years ago, before I did this, because I didn't. This was my like second career. I I was with someone who was like premature ejaculator for like two years. Yeah, it's very like common. every couple minutes. Er, yeah, within the first less than two minutes. minutes. Shut up. Yeah, it's every really, time for two years. I know. I was focused on other things. I wasn't as I wasn't where I'm not. I mean, I was like I didn't no, know. That's yeah, crazy. well, so it's very common. So, what was your question about it? Why do men? Oh, is it? Um, or why? Or how do what, they? What is more common, premature oh, more pre- or delayed? Premature is more common. Really? But I hear more and more delayed lately too. And delayed's mm. trickier because they just don't know why. But sometimes they can when they're. You can solve all of it. You can get through all of it. We can right. get into all what's of it the, if you want. We have strategy? a lot of good guides. Um, the strategy well, for which one? For uh, premature, what's the strategy that a man and a woman could take on to support it? delaying five to 10, 15 minutes okay. or longer. There's a few things, and we have a great downloadable on our site that's like a pre- a guide to this. It's called the Guide to Edging. And this goes back to mindful masturbation for a minute, uh-huh. because for many men, so what I would tell men who are premature ejaculators, I would say, do some mindful masturbation, meaning you, you need to start to understand your ejaculatory control. Mm. So when you're masturbating, because usually men who are premature ejaculators don't have the same problem when they're alone. So one thing I say is to edge yourself, meaning... When you feel it, hold it back. Hold it back. You get to a 10. So 10's <laughs> orgasm. One is, I'm sleeping, whatever. Then you get to an 8, and then you bring it back down. And then you keep doing that, so you get to sort of start to understand... It's like training for your training. orgasm. Training. It's literally training. Um, men can do strength in their pelvic floor. Men can also do their kegels. If you do come too quickly, or you can't get there before your partner, you know, a lot of times it's anxiety. It's a pattern. So you know everything is patterning? Our response, mm. react in our life, like how we go through life, our reactions to things, our our traumas. It's all patterns. The same thing happens with your ejaculation. So if you're a guy who maybe it was just one time, it was the first time you had sex, you got there too quick. It might now you're so nervous. The next time you have sex, it keeps happening. We got to break the pattern. Or it's the other way. It it does. You, you hold it for an hour. Delayed ejaculation because you're embarrassed or whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're afraid someone's gonna walk in and you don't ejaculate. So. So this is all also work dealing with your anxiety, mm. working on like, what what is it? Are you on medications? You know, what's happening? But if you do come to circle back to that too quickly, um, just take the attention off yourself and give it to your partner. Yeah. I'm sure like if you're with a woman, she'd love you to go down <laughs> focus on, her. on her. Yeah, focus on her. But yeah. when we take it off of ourselves and we can kind of, we're giving, mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, I can go again or, you know. Right. Um, what's the biggest challenge you've faced in the last 15 years sexually that you've had to overcome? For me, what have I? Yeah, personally, the thing you've had to overcome the most that you struggle with Oh, God, I struggled with everything. No, I didn't. I was like, okay, I'll tell you. How much time do we have, Lewis? <laughs> <laughs> you know they say research is me-search? 
Research I is say research. that. Like you, you, I believe that we get into, like you've started this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. To learn from of course, people, yeah, right? Of course. And I found myself not that satisfied with sex, very like confused. I was like, well, everyone's always saying when you have sex, it's going to be amazing. And I thought everyone was having orgasms all the time and I wasn't. And so when I started the podcast, I was not a sex expert. I just was curious and I invited a bunch of people over and interviewed them about their sex life. And I came to find out that most women weren't orgasming during penetration and there was like, you know, all this stuff. So what have I learned is I've learned how to, I have multiple orgasms. So these are like my challenge. I could have so many orgasms. Well, before you couldn't. I could have one. Right. But now you so can have, have multiple. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't have, I never had one with a partner and now I still. Never had one with a partner. No, no, no. Sorry. Not, I wasn't as much, <clears throat> maybe just a few times, but during penetration, it right. wasn't as easy. Let's just say sure. it was, it was. But now I know exactly what I need to do mm. and how to communicate it. So I think I can, I got what I what I've learned is I'm just I'm better at everything communicating with my partners. I used to just think that sex was about pleasing men. Like I thought it was about my partner's pleasure, and if they were satisfied, it didn't matter if I was satisfied. Mm. And I've just I've learned all about my body. I've learned I've done everything. That, that I tell people to do, I've tried myself and I've worked through. So just being more communicative, more open, more experiential. Um, I won't yuck your yum, you know? Someone won't yuck my yum. I, like that's what we say in sex a lot. Like if I'm like, oh, I really like this. If my partner's like, I really wanna be tied up, I won't be like, ew, you know? I'd be like, oh, okay, tell me more about that. Because then we're just, we already have so much shame yes. and maybe trauma going into sex that we have to just be supportive, loving partners. So I think I'm a much better lover, like giver and receiver. I just, I, I understand. No one knows anatomy. No one teaches us about anything. You know, so I just- You have to guess and figure it out yeah, along the way. Right. I mean, sex education in America, it's only 17, only 17 <clears throat> states require it to be medically accurate, if they teach it at all. I think I saw like one video when I was in middle school or yeah. something and that was it. Yeah, and it was probably horrifying. Like, don't get someone pregnant, don't get yeah. an STD, have a nice life, Here's where I put a go to sex. On. Yeah, that's not, that's that was fun. It. it was like, okay, figure it out. But what if they taught pleasure? What if they taught consent? Wow. The game changer. How does a woman, <laughs> for women who maybe struggle having one orgasm, yeah. how do they have multiple orgasms? If they're thinking, ah, oh, this is never gonna happen for me, never happened for you. But then you learn how to do it. What's mm-hmm. the what's the process? Is it psychological? Is it's it everything. Healing? Sex is, is it, always everything. It's yeah. always like psychological and emotional, and you need a good space and hormones. Like what time of month is it? You know, that's the other thing that we don't. And I cover so much of this. I mean, I've done, as you know, like probably like you, thousands and thousands of podcasts on all of these subjects. But it's like so multiple orgasms for women. <laughs> Here's the great news: is that women have the the clitoris, right? And the clitoris has. 8,000 nerve endings, oh twice gosh. that of a penis, okay? Yeah. So just take that in from it. And the only reason it exists is for pleasure. No. Yes. It doesn't exist for any other reason. No other reason. To be pleased. To be pleased. Well, maybe to give us an incentive, maybe it was like, <clears throat> you know, evolutionary speaking, so we would be into sex, so we could have pleasure and an orgasm. Mm. But also, the, the, the clitoris isn't just about the little, like, bud at the opening of the, the vaginal opening. It actually has legs called crua that extend behind the internally. Hmm. So they're sort of like where the labia is, they're sort of behind the labia internally. So, so for a woman to have an orgasm, 
typically it's external, right? Like, so they're gonna use their fingers or they're gonna use a toy or their partner's gonna do something to them, go down on them or, and that's a great way to have a first orgasm. Mm. And so our refractory period is a lot quicker than men. Refractory period mean time that you can get up and go again. Like for many men, they ejaculate and they're like, I'm out. You're tired. Out. All the energy's gone. Done. Like tomorrow, 24 hour right. refractory, <laughs> right. like maybe Saturday. For women, if we just, just knowing this, I love this because I just love to give women permission and I nothing mm-hmm. again, everyone's different. But what I've found is that it's possible. And so then maybe you have an orgasm, whether you're with yourself or a partner, and then you just continue to breathe. And maybe you, you for some women, after they have a, a external or a clitoral orgasm, they're, they start to become their nerve endings inside their it's there it becomes more engorged right more swollen they're with blood their labia their clitoris internally we start to swell mm-hmm. because of the the erectile tissues and everything just starts to, to swell and you get more aroused but maybe it hurts to still cut you just want to need a beat so then you start to maybe this is when you go and play with the nipples mm-hmm. or you start to play with your labia and you you know use lube use your fingers use a toy there is nothing shameful about toys it's just, if you think about it, if you have 8,000 nerve endings, like why not, in all these pleasure zones on our body, why not just play with temperature, hot, cold, vibration? So anyway, maybe bringing in a toy mm. or touching yourself in a different area because once you've kind of lit that match of the clitoris, of the clitoral thing, everything else is more aroused. The blood's flowing, you're like turned on. And so maybe it's a matter of like rubbing your labia, bringing in a toy. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this. Assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse. And up until about 10 or 11 years ago, I was afraid to talk about my trauma that I experienced. And I know we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S. Putting a finger inside. And then you're just breathing. You're breathing through the experience and you're not already checked out because we talk about patterning. 
a lot of pe- women assume like I'm done, I'm out, let's go to dinner. But if you give yourself time and permission to see what's possible, it's like a game changer. Like wow. I have people all the time. I'd say everyone who's worked for me, like I've had so many interns and people over the years. And <laughs> and just like, like, I'm having multiple orgasms. Oh yeah, they still tag. Like, guess what? I had a vaginal. Like, yeah, I mean, that's because I, I, I be like get 50 pounds of sex toys in the office too a week. And I'm like, your job is to try this toy. But they come in and they ask me <laughs> questions. I really want to empower women. Do, yeah. We don't, we don't talk because we don't, well, first off, not only don't we talk to our partners about it, but we don't even talk to our friends about it. Women, I Really? Think, women don't talk about it to each other? Barely. They're like, I had sex, I didn't have sex. <clears throat> but now I think it's changing. What I hope mm. is that it's changing and that more women are talking about masturbation. But if you think about it, like American Pie, like all the movies growing up, men are masturbating. It's like a thing that they do, but women, good women, like wow. don't. Or, or we grew up in a religion where it was shamed. You're not supposed to masturbate. Mm-hmm. So, but, but masturbation is the key, is the key to figuring out your body what feels good. Like whether it's mindful or you hit it and quit it, I don't care how you do it, but masturbation is just important whether you're in a relationship or out of a relationship because that's, so that's what I learned in 15 years. I masturbated, but I didn't really like do the discovery process. And now I just sort of, I get it, I know. Mm. We are all walking around in these incredible bodies with so much possibility and we just scratch the surface. Right. We don't even know, no one tells us. Why do you think religions or parents have made masturbation a bad thing for kids and people? I mean, religion, I don't even mean that's just because, you know, I think control over women's bodies and energy and and it should only be for for procreation. And I mean, Mm. there's, I mean, it goes back, I think so much about sex and religion are tied up. And you would know more than I would because I know you grew up in, I mean, I don't know what you're, I mean, I do. I mean, I do know. I do know that it's just like it's control. Mm. So saying that you can only have sex in a way that it can have more kids that are going to benefit the church, or that you know that sex is sinful and wrong. And I think if you go back to like Adam and Eve, like Eve was a temptress. Like she made him bite, bite the apple, and that, that that's her fault, right? Right. So I feel like a lot of it goes back to shaming women and our bodies and the the whole the goddess and the, there's there's a lot of reasons why. Now, fam- parents though, I could talk about. We don't have to get into religion, but parents what i can tell you is it's because they don't know either so they don't understand it so they're scared of it or they're they think it's wrong or oh god my kids when i try to talk to my 15 year old about sex they just go oh mom i don't want to hear it but like that's because we don't do it we don't ever talk about it but there's only there's a few countries like in the netherlands um not many where they they actually start teaching consent Mm. and sex ed when kids are five they're not saying go out and have sex. Here's what you do. It's like your body, your temple, consent. Here's the body parts. They even teach them like in third grade, if you start to get feelings for somebody of the opposite sex, they talk about it. They talk about orgasm. They normalize it. They normalize it. Yeah. They don't we make don't it normalize this like, it. scary thing. We make it really scary. And so our parents, our parents of kids are, they don't understand it either. But I've had a lot of great breakthroughs. A lot of my listeners are like, I finally did it. I talked to my daughter. I talked to my son. It was weird. But... Because it's okay for a parent to say, you know what, my parents didn't talk to me about it. This conversation is uncomfortable for me too. And I'm still discovering and learning, but um, I want to tell you, like, here's how your body works. Or I want to listen to this podcast, read this book mm-hmm. together, let's learn together. It's not shameful. You know, it's just, we're, <clears throat> we're setting kids up not for success. We're not setting them up for success. Yeah. Success. 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 What's one thing you wish men would understand about their 
female partner uh, okay. more and one thing you wish women would understand about their if they're in a female male relationship it's a good question that would help them thrive better and, and be more compassionate and loving and such a good question okay one thing I think that men I want to tell men that she comes first um, there's two things that popped in my head I'll tell you <laughs> literally she comes first <laughs> literally she comes mm -hmm. first there was a wonderful book written by Dr. Ian Kerner. I think it just had its 20 year anniversary. And it's called She Comes First. Because men are gonna orgasm. And then they're done. Men, they're done. Yeah. Women are, let's think of it this way. Women are slow cookers and men are frying pans. You get aroused, you're ready to go. Women have more of a responsive desire. Respond, we respond, we need to be warmed up. You gotta heat us up, mm -hmm. foreplay. Foreplay is not just like a light suggestion. It's actually a requirement for many women. Again, we're all different, but we want to, whether it's even words or I needed a massage or a bath for us, like we have to take a while to get warmed up. So I would say that um, figure out, so that's just, I mean, she comes first is is because you're going to, it's going to come back to you. Like the more that you more understand you her, her on, body, it's going to come back. Yeah. She's not going to be like, oh, I'm not going to please you. And I think just the way you look at this is, this is where I can say that we are very different the way we get aroused is different for men and women. So I would say um, the one thing I want you to know is that she's, you got to focus on, you know. Her first. Yeah. I think I would, yeah. I mean, that's, a, what else you got to understand? It would understand? make things a lot better, yeah. And okay. just, yeah, focus on her first and then find out, like, what what turns around and talk about it. Okay, and so. And for women? I think for women, what do women, what do men What do men want women? and need more from women that you're hearing they're not getting? I think that men need more attention. They want you to, this is again, we're talking heterosexual relationships. Yes. They wanna know that you're into sex. They want you to initiate. They want you to lead sometimes. And they want you to to be, a, you know, I guess I'm just thinking about men who come to me. Usually it's about their penis. They're worried about their penis size. They're going through all really? the things. And then the, pro yeah, they're worried about, they're so, men worry Insecure so much about, about their penis. Yes. Really. Yes, and I'm telling you that women do not, if you, it's because I remember what I said, not about your penis. If you're a good lover mm. and you do all these things, it's really not about that. So I think that what men need is, I think they want to know that their partner's into sex, that's, that, that she's not just doing it to get it over with, that she's mm. actually enthusiastic and that she cares and she cares about his pleasure and and that sometimes maybe she'll, you know, initiate or have ideas about it or, what do you think? I'm trying to think. It's a great question because mostly it's about men worried about their self, themselves, mm. but they need attention from women and enthusiasm and participation. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, I feel, I feel pretty good in my relationship <laughs> right now. I'm trying to think of past relationships that weren't working sexually maybe, but I mean, and I've also not been like married in a long term after, you know, a few years in a relationship. So I'm not sure what that looks like 10 years down the road once you've had kids and what yeah. the needs are. I feel like they're gonna shift a lot at that yeah, point. Yeah, but that's why I want people to get ahead of it because yeah. if sex, talking about sex becomes just like you're talking about where are we going on our summer vacation? Mm. How are we gonna raise our kids? What religion? What are our values? Sex becomes part of it so it's not awkward. It's just like, oh, baby, yeah, we haven't had sex so what? Let's do, the, like, you just, it just becomes part of everything. Like when you're not feeling like you're taking care of yourself nutritionally, you're like, I gotta right. get better, I gotta eat more greens, you know? So that's, I feel like we could get ahead of it if we covered it, we don't wait until there's a crisis. And is there anything we shouldn't say when we're courting someone? 
uh, in the first few weeks of dating them, is there anything we should not talk about when it comes to sex? Should we not say in the first night, you know, this is my sexual fantasy. Are you either in or you out? It depends on the partner. I think that sometimes, okay, so where we're at now and today in 2020, I think that since I'm telling you that most people have never talked about sex and they probably have some judgment around it and shame and it's hard for them or trauma, that if you just met someone and you're out for a first date and you're like, I just want to be clear that I this is my fantasy and I'm really into bondage, are you down? Now... That might, okay, so it could go two ways. You might, it might be great because if you're with someone who freaks out and she runs out the door. That's good. Listen, she's saving you a lot of time. If you brought it up, it's probably because that's something you really need. But I think like everything, it's like some people have like overshare. They do too much. I just think baby (laughs) steps is okay. So I think it's okay to say, you know, are you someone that, do you like pleasure? Mm. Do you like sex? Do you, you know, but I don't know that you lead just like, I don't think on the first date I should get into all my like trauma, my childhood Mm. stuff. Like, let's get to, (laughs) it's not like, you know what I'm saying? We want to be like everything. You got to like get to know somebody. Yeah. But I I don't know what it wouldn't be, but I think, I think, I think mostly we don't even talk about it. This is the problem is that we, I don't know what you shouldn't say. I hate to like tell people, I don't know. I think. You got to feel it out. Be honest. Yeah, you got to feel it out. Feel it out. But don't wait too long. I think that right when you have sex with someone is the time to start talking about it. So how mm. was that? What do you think? Like what? Would you like more of? Do you want? Yeah, it seemed like, like... Seem like when we were having sex, you were about to orgasm. But did you? I'm not sure. Tell me what you like. Or what, what feels good to you? Did you like when I was doing that? Not in the bedroom. This is like the next morning at breakfast. Not right afterwards. How was that when... for you? I thought it was so hot when you were mm. doing this thing, and that felt like it felt good. Did that feel good? I mean, just. But not in the bed right at five not minutes afterwards. No, I prefer. Someone's gonna get hurt or, or I emotionally. So. Yeah. I think they do. They do. I mean, I know so, but I mean, it depends. If you're in a long-term, solid place, you guys get to decide. I'm just giving you what I've seen has worked over all these years. We've got an amazing show, Sex with Emily, that talks (laughs) about all these things and has lots of great questions from listeners calling in. You also have a master class. Master class, yeah. That just came out that Mm -hmm. people need to get. So, yeah, we have a couples course coming out. In February. What's it called? It's called, I, it's, I don't know what it's called yet, but it's really like all these conversation starters for couples. Mm. It's exercises for couples too. Wherever you're at, it's a lot of things I'm talking about, like to set the spark, like it's first uncovering your roadblocks. Like what are the three areas where you're not communicating? Clearing those out. And then you get, I walk you through how to communicate about sex. Like it's just had all these different steps yeah. in it. There's, it's like my best stuff in there. I'm very excited Ooh, about it. I don't excited. have a title for you. It is, it is. But also on my site right now, which we have a bunch of downloadables, which is guides, quizzes, everything. Great guides. Tools. Yeah. All free or stuff's free at your site, Mm sexwithemily.com. The podcast is Sex with Emily. The masterclass. What's the masterclass called? It's called Emily Morris Teaches Sex and Communication. Oh, let's bring it. And then I have a show on SiriusXM five nights a week, which is separate. You're a machine. You're doing a lot. I'm a fucking machine. Five to seven p.m. Monday through Friday. It's, live. it's the only call-in show for with about sex. I mean, about anything. I'm LA serious? Drive time. And then you have a podcast that's different. Yeah. Wow. Busy. Books, It might be everything. different when this comes. I mean, I'm... Who I knows what will happen, out. but yeah. Renegotiating my, my contract's up, so I'm like... I'm trying knows? to figure it out, yeah. But lots of things over at sexwithemily.com. You can get access to that. i got a couple final questions for you. Okay. And people can also email me with questions. Feedback at sex. Feedback. Can they get sex. on your show by asking questions somewhere? Yeah, they can call in. And call so in. So they call into my serious show, and then now we also do it. So just call in mm-hmm. and or email me. They call into Sirius, and then we can put that. Sometimes we put those into the podcast, and they just go to my website, 
and you'll see how you mm. do it. But they can call or email or social media, you know. I get hundreds of questions a day. Mm, that's everywhere. Amazing. That's yeah. fun. Super fun. That's fun. Uh, I love my job. Couple, what do you wish more people asked you that they don't ask you? About sex? Uh-huh. Huh, that's a good question. What do I wish? What's the thing people I should be they... asking more of that oh, they're not? That's that's a great way to put it. I think that people should be asking about, I wish that people got more curious. Sometimes we, we just put, people always call in like my partner, they're blaming others, and I wish that people got more curious about- look in the mirror them. first. I wish yeah. people got more curious about themselves mm -hmm. and they weren't trying to fix other people, but they were like He won't do this. She doesn't do this. They don't do this. It's like, yeah. take a look at the mirror. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, I wish we started there. That's and I good. wish that people just thought more about their own pleasure because if we all understand our bodies, we're much better lovers to each other. Mm, that's good. Uh, this question is called the three truths. I ask everyone at the end this question. So it's a hypothetical question. Mm -hmm. Imagine it's your last day on earth many years away from now. Uh, you get to live as long as you want to live, but then at one point you got to turn the lights out mm -hmm. and you got to go to the next place. And you've accomplished everything you want to accomplish. You've transformed millions of lives sexually in their relationships. You've done all the books, the podcasts, everything you want to do, it's happened. Uh, but for whatever reason, you've got to take all of your content with you. Hmm. All of your written word, audio, video, it has to go to the next place. So no one has access to any more of this information. None of it. It's gone. Hypothetical. Okay? Okay. Uh, but you get to leave behind three things you know to be true from the, the lessons you've learned in life. Three lessons that mm. you would share with the world based on your experience. <laughs> what would you say of those three things for mm. you? About my work, the three things are... About, oh, just about life, like three lessons you've oh, learned. Oh, just in life? Yeah, what are the three biggest lessons you've oh, learned that God. you would want to leave behind? This is hard. Uh, wherever you go, there you are. Can you even give you like things like that? Like, uh, that's not my own. Wait, is this about... Wait, you're saying it's about me? No, I just any feel like that's the thing. Like, yeah. you kind of pull like a geographic and move around that like lessons in your life, like wherever you yeah. are, we are the same, you know, figure mm -hmm. out your own stuff where you're at. Yeah. Um, mindfulness works. Meditation works. Like, don't fuck around. Just do it. To me, that is a game changer. And that so much, if you, your mind will control you if you don't learn to mm, understand your mind. That's true. That's powerful. Okay, number three. I would just be able to prioritize their pleasure, really. Like, like pleasure, pleasure is your birthright. Mm. And we all deserve to have pleasure. And we, we, we prioritize so many other things work family, home, and usually we put ourselves last, so. That's a good one. I've never heard that one, prioritize your pleasure. Yeah, it's my mission statement. Is prioritize it really? Your yeah. That's great. Pleasure positive, prioritize your pleasure. I'm all about pleasure because we don't, especially now, we need more pleasure and we, we're like, well, I'll get to that once I finish this mm. and what, uh, then I deserve sex or then I deserve, I mean, it can be pleasure however you look at it, but I would say uh, prioritize your pleasure and um, yeah, because mm. it, it matters and if we don't have that, then we're just, working and dead we're just dead we're dead put that fetch one should be first that should be the first one yeah mm -hmm. yeah well if you were you feel good when you more pleasure in your life whatever that is yeah like what does that look like for you you know you just yeah and i think of just joy in general like having joy. a joyful life is pleasure for mm -hmm. me doesn't have to be sexual but that's nice yeah, too I, i'm not just talking about because you said not just sex right yeah yeah i could give you my three sex lessons but those <laughs> i think i already did sure this is great though mm. uh one final question for you, Emily. Before uh, I ask it, I want to acknowledge you for a moment for the mission you're on. I think so many people are suffering from... They are. 
a lack of sex education, a lack of sexual healing, uh, sexual shame, sexual misunderstanding, and just hurt and pain around sex. And so the fact that you've dedicated your life to this for 15 years and you show up every week <laughs> for men and women and all human beings to help them solve this problem is such a massive gift. And so even though uh, this isn't something that we talk about a lot on the podcast, I thought it was necessary to, to have you here and really help people. Even if this helps one person listening, yeah. it's worth it from unlocking their shame or their pain to having some type of healing. And I know there's a famous song, Sexual Healing, but it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's important for people that have been yeah. locked in a prison of their sexual shame. So I acknowledge you for making the uncomfortable <laughs> more comfortable. Right? It wasn't so bad. <laughs> for yeah, for uh, being able to communicate it in ways that people can understand it, for being able to create tools and trainings and free things and podcasts and shows and classes so people can consume it. And uh, I think it's great that you're that you're doing it. So mm. I appreciate that. Thank you, Lewis. Of course, of course. Thanks for having me. I'm yeah. super proud about you and all the work you're doing too. People love you. You are inspiring so many people, and you do the same exact stuff. But if, if you know around around everything, I love yeah. the way you interview too. It's just very listenable, and there's always you're just you're patient. You're good at this stuff. Uh, I appreciate You're it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, but can I say one more thing? You could get this ahead, or yeah. not. Is I have that, one more is question that you just too. thought me about, you were saying about, hopefully this will help one person. I'm going to say that I think that since we don't look at this part, I believe that when we heal ourselves sexually, whatever that looks like, we will heal so many other parts of our life. Sometimes mm -hmm. we think that there's other things wrong, but we are we are holding on to stuff. And once we kind of get into it, and that's why the master class is great for that, or by site, whatever, podcast, you'll realize that like this was the problem all along, but since no one's pointing it out, they're like, I should change my diet, I should, da, da. You're like, what about, how? what's your relationship to yourself Ooh. and your body and your self-image? And and once you heal that, you know, more pleasure. That's good, yeah. yeah. Uh, final question for you, what's your definition of greatness? Oh, my definition of greatness is um, be kind and work hard and stick with, Stick with your beliefs, surround yourself with good people, communicate your mission, give as much as you receive. In fact, give more than you receive. That's mm. a great, great, greatness. Good person. There you go. Henry <laughs> Morris, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. It's good to see you. Thank you so, so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, make sure to share it with a friend you think would be inspired by this. Just send them the link, lewishouse.com slash 1070, or copy and paste the link wherever you're listening to this, and text someone, post it on social media, or share it anywhere you think people would enjoy listening to this. And if this is your first time here, then welcome again to the School of Greatness. Please click that subscribe button over on Apple Podcasts right now, as well as leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you enjoyed about this, the thing that was the biggest takeaway for you, and the big aha moment. We'd love to see reviews and that also supports us in sharing this message with more people over on Apple Podcasts. So please subscribe to Apple Podcasts or Spotify if that's where you listen and leave us a rating and review. And if you want inspirational messages sent to your phone every single week from me and other goodies and surprises, then make sure to text the word podcast right now to 614-350-3960. Again, text the word podcast to 614-350-3960. And I want to leave you with this quote from Ernest Hemingway, who said, the most painful thing is losing yourself in the process of loving someone too much and forgetting that you are special too. 
And I think this is an important reminder for all of us that sometimes we go so deep into supporting someone else in a relationship that we forget to support ourselves first, which is always extremely important. And I want to remind you, if no one's told you lately that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. I'm so grateful for you today, and you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.